This week in agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Well, as expected, USDA made little change to U.S. wheat ending stocks. They raised corn ending stocks by 25 million bushels on a 25 million bushel cut to ethanol usage. They also raised soybean ending stocks by 15 million bushels on a 15 million bushel cut to soybean crush. USDA raised global wheat stocks by 2.4 million tons on a larger crop in Australia and Russia. Global corn production was cut 3.6 million tons on reduced production primarily in South America. Global soybean production was reduced 5 million metric tons on lower crops in Argentina and Ukraine. Argentina's soybean crop was reduced 4.5 million tons in that February supply demand report. Van Onen Company market analyst Jim Amter said that February supply demand report really didn't hold much in the way of surprises. Basically, February reports tend to be duds. Remember, where production is more or less set in stone for the U.S., we're really looking at demand numbers and we're looking at uh, kind of world production, which has a greater emphasis on the South American crop, and that's where we'll kind of cover the details. Basically, the bigger surprise was maybe in soybeans that jumps off the surface, 225 million bushel carryout versus 211 expectation, and that growth was simply in the crush sector. USDA came in here and lowered crush, crush usage by 15 million bushels. In the corn arena, market was expecting the carryout to grow to a 1.266 billion bushel carryout. We got a 1.267. Basically, all USDA did there is cut ethanol usage. And Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifred said the reaction to the report was lightly muted, even with some bearish soybean numbers. You know, the corn carryover number came out within a million bushel of the average trade guess. So, I mean, it was as neutral as neutral could be for corn, but that is to say that the carryover did increase a little bit on a lower uh, ethanol number. Um, the bean report was a little bit surprising. It came in higher than trade expectations at 225 million bushels for carryover. Uh, the trade was expecting basically unchanged to 210, and that was the USDA lowering crush by 15 million bushels. So a little bit bigger than expected soybean carryover. That's where the initial knee-jerk reaction down came from. Also had a Statistics Canada report out this week. That says all wheat stocks in Canada at the end of 2022 were in line with trade estimates at 22.3 million metric tons. That is 33% more than last year. Durham stocks totaled 3.7 million metric tons. Canola stocks were up 29% from last year at 11.4 million tons. Average pre-report trade estimate for canola was at 11.7 million metric tons. U.S. beef exports broke new records for volume and value in 2022. Exports totaled nearly 1.5 million metric tons. That's up 2% from the previous record of in 2021. Export value climbed to $11.6 billion. That's up 10%. Primary customers included South Korea, China, Taiwan, and the Philippines. Cattle futures traded sideways most of the week. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says livestock futures are waiting for the cash trade to develop. A little bit of trade on the Fed auction, online auction at uh, 159, I think 395 heads sold. But, um, you know, this could be the third week in a row that packers go into a weekend with very limited cattle bought. Uh, they do seem to be slowing down their, their kills just a little bit in an effort to prop up their margins. And, uh, you know, we're hearing asking prices 161 to 162, but so far, uh, Packers not willing to budge off of uh, steady type uh, bids for the week. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. 
Farmers and ranchers have a lot of choices to make. When it comes to your crop insurance needs, the team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services can simplify it all for you. Egg Country's Optimum tool will compare thousands of options based on information from your farm, which will then be used to find the right policy for your operation. Ask about the Optimum tool by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, focused on egg, focused on you. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. According to USDA's first official net farm income forecast for the year, higher production costs will drive down the 2023 net farm income by nearly 16 percent. The biggest factor in the forecast shows a decline in commodity prices with a total crop receipts expected to decrease by $8.9 billion from 2022 levels. Purdue University and the CME Group's Ag Barometer showed higher farm sentiment for January than the month before, but Farm Financial Performance Index declined. Purdue University's Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. Jim Mintert says that increasing interest rates may be a contributing factor. The rise in interest rates, I think, has caught people's attention. They're starting to worry about it. And of course, as we head through 2023, that's where we're really going to feel the impact um, you know, for a lot of farmers, until they kind of renewed an operating note here over the course of the winter, they probably didn't have a good grip on exactly what the rise in interest rates was going to mean to them and to their farming operation. But as those conversations have started to take place at the end of 22 and here in early 23, I think that's really coming home to people in terms of what impact it's going to have. The chief agricultural trade negotiator has reportedly given Mexico until Tuesday to explain the science behind its proposed ban on biotech corn. Doug McCallop told Reuters that his response will help the United States determine the path forward. In late January, Mexico rejected 14 traits submitted by the U.S. and did not provide any explanation. McCallop said Mexico needs to base its decisions on science. Mexico's GMO corn ban is expected to begin in 2024. The Senate Ag Committee held a hearing this week to discuss priorities for the 2023 Farm Bill. FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau looks forward to working with lawmakers on the possible adjustment to reference price and allocation of base acres for the ARC and PLC programs. One of the challenges that we hear producers express all across the country is reference prices that need to be adjusted in order to make that a better tool for them. Another conversation that comes up is the allocation of base acres and the fact that in many of these communities where they're trying every bit as hard to farm, base acres don't exist. We don't have a base acre concept in grazing land, for instance, in western South Dakota. During that hearing, the USDA Undersecretary Robert Bonney also responded to concerns about the rollout process for ERP Phase 2. The goal in ERP 2 is to make sure that we make assistance available to all those producers, including those producers who, who haven't had access to crop insurance or NAP. And so the purpose here is to provide a revenue-based approach that can broaden the safety net to get all those folks in. That's, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to open the doors up to, to make sure that all of agriculture can take advantage. If at the end of that we have additional resources and we can think about 
a shallow loss program to, to deal with some of the concerns that I think your producers are raising, we're, we're happy to look at that. The North Dakota Senate Judiciary Committee approved legislation banning a foreign adversary from owning land in the state. State Senator Bob Paulson, who is from Minot, introduced the bill. Paulson said this proposal was prompted by the proposed Fufang Corn Wet Milling Project in Grand Forks. Center for Security Policy State Outreach Director Christopher Holton came from Washington, D.C. to testify. China has been particularly active in the last 10 years in attempting to acquire land in the U.S., from 2010 to 2020, Chinese ownership of U.S. farmland increased from $81 million to $1.8 billion. Food security is national security. If Americans don't act, China will. The issue of foreign ownership of farmland was also heard at the South Dakota House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee. This has been your look at news this week in agriculture. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. When it comes to marketing, it's all about risk management. Part of marketing is your cost of production. So we need to figure out what is it going to take for you to make money on your farm. What I like to do with farmers is make sure they have a personalized plan. What can they store? When do they need the cash? When should they be selling? What is their risk management? And so developing a marketing plan is a huge part of farm business management. Helping you reach your business and personal goals. Minnesota Farm Business Management. Visit agcentric.org. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. First time the oil industry has joined farm groups supporting the higher ethanol blended fuel. Also speaking at today's NDSU Extension Weed Plot Tour was NDSU Weed Scientist. The program is for farmers and ranchers who suffered livestock or feed losses. Say offices as details for phase two of the emergency. Markets, weather, farm policy. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear it on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Snow is in the forecast for next Tuesday and Wednesday with 2 to 4 inches possible. World Weather Incorporated says snow is also in the forecast during the second week of the two-week outlook beginning the 17th and continuing through the 24th. High temperatures through Tuesday will be in the 20s and 30s before falling into the single digits and teens by next Thursday. Lows will be in the teens and 20s through Tuesday before falling into the positive and negative single digits by next Thursday. Brazil's soybean harvest will continue to be interrupted by frequent rounds of rain and thunderstorms that occur over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says central Brazil from Mato Grosso to northern Paraná will see the greatest possible delay while southern Brazil will remain mostly dry. World Weather says some field work and harvest will occur in the wettest areas, but longer periods between rains will be needed for rapid harvest advances. Argentina is expected to see hot and mostly dry conditions continuing before widespread rains occur early next week. Highs are expected to range from the mid and upper 80s to as high as 104 degrees. The Brazilian consulting firm AgRural is estimating 9% of Brazil's soybean crop has been harvested. That's up from 5% last week, but down from 16% one year ago. Harvesting has been delayed in the states of Paraná and Mato Grosso do Sul because planting took place later than normal. The delay in soybean harvest in Brazil is delaying planting of second crop corn. Brazilian egg consultant Corey Melby says that is not new. We've seen it every year. It's just that genetics... Um, corn ethanol out there, um, precision egg, um, but you know better genetics, and and the area keeps expanding. You know more so in second crop corn than soybeans. 
So, you know, we go back seven, eight years, Marta Grosso was producing 20 million tons. Now it's 46 million tons. So I guess the point is that even if it is dry, you know, in April and May, we're still talking about a very large corn crop. Melby says the increase in planted area will offset a yield reduction due to late planting. I guess the point is that even if it is dry, you know, in April and May, we're still talking about a very large corn crop. It might not be 46 million tons, but it surely is probably 40 yet. And that's still double of just a few years ago. So the area and technology seems to kind of outrun some of these weather issues that tend to happen almost every year. Sugar beet root maggot is a concern going into 2023. NDSU Extension entomologist Mac Mark Botel says fly numbers have been up the past couple of years with no reason to expect anything different this upcoming year. 2022 once again uh, broke the record for uh, root maggot fly activity valley-wide. You know, so as uh, looking at the area as a whole, 2023 or two was worse than 2021. So those were the two worst in the last uh, 16 years of sampling. So um, we still have work to do. Botel says root injury ratings did improve last year. The root injury ratings went down between 21 and 22, suggesting that the growers, even though there are a lot of flies out there, that they did a good job protecting roots. So, but we're still looking at a lot of areas um, with uh, pretty high risk for damaging infestations again in 23. And Minnesota Governor Tim Walz has signed legislation to unlock over $315 million in federal funds to improve roads. The money was allocated to the state last year, but a transportation bill failed to pass during last year's session. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Have you adjusted your crop insurance policy to reflect the increase in commodity prices and input costs? Hi, this is Bethany Rents, crop insurance agent with Irie Insurance. We want to partner with you to provide you a comprehensive policy structure to protect your farm's revenue and preserve your equity. Give us a call today to set up a time to meet with an Irie Insurance agent prior to March 15th. For contact information, please visit our website at irieins.com. You're protected and appreciated at Irie. Irie Insurance is an equal opportunity provider. Check out the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website. AURI is seeking a business development director focusing in on biomass and feedstocks. R.D. Offit Farms is looking for a team lead at Lisbon and has three agronomy internships available. Dakota Ingredients also has a job posted. Find out all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com.